perspective on deck. It is Tiffany Grayson. Tiffany, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing great. So um, I don't know if you still do, but you've written for Savage Henry and Exotic Magazine, as well as doing yeah. fantastic stand-up. I still hear amazing things about your last set at the Capitol. So Thanks. first question I want to ask you is, where do you get your premises from? Um, sometimes I pull it from real life. I'll be doing something. I'll be walking through a moment. I'll be hanging out with family. I'll, um, sometimes I'll be watching a show and something will strike me. And, um, sometimes it's not funny, but I know there's something funny to develop in there and I'll try to put a pin in it, write it down. We all know as comics, write it down or you'll forget it. And then you think, no, I'll never forget this. And then you forget it and it's gone never to be found again. So um, I work really hard on trying to write those things down. Um, and you know, sometimes we work really hard on something and it never develops into anything, but um, it's still nice to have a book of ideas that you've had at one point. Um, but I think that's kind of where they start. Um, sometimes I'll end, I'll start with my punchline, like I'll hear something or I'll say something, I'll go, that's really funny, but it doesn't stand it, it's either only good in writing, it's only good on stage, or it can't stand alone. So I've got to develop something in front of it that's not too long. Um, so I think you have to know the difference of what's funny on stage and what's funny in writing. Um, ideally, they're funny in both, but um, we both know that doesn't always work both ways. Right. So what is what is the process from you for you from when you like find that nugget so, you know, mm -hmm. developing it into something stage worthy. Um, I usually work it and work it and work it. And there's a moment where you know that it's right. Like you're like, no, this isn't ready. Or you put it into a part of your set that you know won't flow well. Or you know you need to put it in a space to see how it does do in an audience. And so you're, you're kind of doing a test, I guess. Um, but I, I think you just kind of keep honing it and honing it. And then when you do it on stage and um, as a comic, you'll know like you've got, you hit a joke, you hit another joke, then you almost can say anything you want and they'll laugh. It can be, it's like a give me, it's a freebie. Um, that's kind of where I throw it. And if it sounds like a, haha, I don't know what she said, but I'm laughing because everyone else is and it's supposed to be funny. Or you can tell if it hits, it either hits or it's a, it's a courtesy laugh. Um, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, what writing advice would you have for comics in their like first year? Um, I think it's really important to work with other comics, even if they're not super developed, but I think it's always important to have those conversations, find people that you have really good chemistry with. Um, kind of want to say, with caution because I think that man-woman dynamic can get a little uh, tricky. So I would almost avoid any like romantic stuff in the beginning. I shouldn't say man-woman, but romantic uh, interests when you're trying to do your stuff because it's very distracting and you might filter on your set or your jokes when um, you need to be working on your writing and not your romantic stuff. Right. Um, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I see it all the time. New comic, uh, flirting, finds new partner. It just happens all the time. And it just feels like it's like a breeding ground for, for mistakes. <laughs> that, 
that comedic um, incest, incestuous activity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think it is important to work with other like-minded people, find that funny chemistry that you can really feed off of each other. Um, and also write alone when you can too. But if you need, if you need that drive, like I think it's helpful for me to work with others because then I'm like, oh, I need to work on this thing because I'm meeting so-and-so at four. So, I mean, have deadlines, that helps a lot. Um, but definitely always, you know, everyone's always gonna say, write an hour a day. Um, I say write anything every day and then you'll never feel bad about it. It's like, you need to uh, walk 30 minutes a day. How about you walk five minutes a day and be okay with it? Anything. Right? Yeah, write one punchline that you wanna work on, done. Just anything, just don't make it nothing. Yeah, no, that's, any progress is still progress. And I think sometimes, I know for me, when I'm, when I force myself to write and I have like a time on it, like 30 minutes, I start getting like a lot mm -hmm. of diminished returns on it. If I've gone past <laughs> right. like what my creative juice has for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, there was a, there's a quote and I don't know whose it is. So I'm sorry, I can't quote them, but it was um, as a writer, my house has never been cleaner than before I have to sit down and write because we're such procrastinators and we will do everything we can to not sit down and write, <laughs> which is so silly because we love it, right? We love it. It feels so good to write a good set. It feels good to perform a good set. It feels good to put out a good article. Um, but for whatever reason, it is so hard to sit down and write it sometimes. Dude, yeah, it is. So in terms of the, so the writing comedy that you've done, how did you get into that? Um, I was always interested in it. And then I had a friend who was writing for Savage Henry and I was like, oh, you write for Savage Henry? Tell me about that. And he's like, well, why don't you talk to so-and-so and uh, talk to the editor. And uh, so I sent them an email and they said, send us an article with 400 words or whatever they told me, I can't remember. Excuse me. And I sent it and uh, they liked it. And then from that point on, I think I went on to write for four years <laughs> every month. And it felt really good to see, get that print back. And then I wrote for, um, and then I had another friend who went and started working for Exotic and they take comic pieces and so I started writing for them as well I haven't written for a while because I kind of turned inside of myself but I still but that's how I started and I think it's really important to be assertive people I mean most of the people that are doing like writing those types of magazines Savage Henry is a pot smoking magazine uh Exotic is a it, it only lives in um porn stores because it's, it's pretty racy. So that's a very, they're both very relaxed industries. So, I mean, I would be, they're really easy ways to get into writing. What do you think is the biggest difference between writing on stage and writing for print? Um, you can, with print, you can get clarity a lot quicker. And when you're performing on stage, you have to be able to read. And it's um, it's a one person dialogue, like, or no, it's a, how do I say this? It's, it's, we're openly communicating back and forth, but I'm the only one speaking. I'm listening for the laughter. I'm waiting for the pauses. 
I know when somebody's supposed to laugh and I have to wait for them to die down. I know this lady over here is laughing way long, a way long time. And her laughing is going to keep the people around her from hearing my next line, which is really important. Otherwise they're going to miss my whole thing. So I think having the patience when you're on stage and be, being a good listener, but in print, you can just go, you don't have to wait for anything. And you can also go through everything and you know, it's, it's solid when you submit it. When you're on stage, sometimes <laughs> it's coming out of your mouth and you don't know if it's solid until it hits or it doesn't. And then you, you know, it, it's, they're very different. Um, yeah. Did I, did I answer your question? Oh, I, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. What advice would you give somebody who's in their first year of standup? Um, write every day, stay away from those relationships. Um, definitely, you know, I had a, when I started stand up, there was a guy in my friend group and he had it in his head that he had to do a hundred open mics. And he, his goal was like, I want to do a hundred open mics in um, not a hundred days, but like 200 days. And I'm like, do you really want to put out a hundred bad sets? I mean, a hundred, you know, maybe not a hundred, but why don't you give yourself some time and work on your sets and make some adjustments instead of just regurgitating the same thing over and over again, give yourself a minute to recraft your set. Um, so I think doing the open mics, but being thoughtful, and mindful and reviewing it and also recording yourself. It is the most painful thing to listen to yourself or to watch yourself. You're like, I don't sound like that. You sound exactly like that. And that's okay. Cause it's working for you. So sit in it. It sucks, but just look, watch it, listen to it, and you will catch yourself saying, and I'm sure I do it, and I haven't recorded myself for quite some time, um, but the ums and the, you will be such a better comic if you're listening to yourself and watching yourself perform. There's a handful of things I do over and over again, and it's cured me of a lot of it, <laughs> but not, but not, not a, a, some of it but not all of it. You know, that's, that's amazing. That's great advice. And like, I agree. Like there's something about, I always have to watch myself like three times. Like the first time is just to kind of get over whatever ego negative tape I have, like watch it the first time yeah. so I can wash all, wash all that away. And then I can actually like focus. Um, this one's, this question's a bit heavy, but I feel like, um, okay. What advice would you have? And I mean, I'm going to say for women, but really for any comics in terms of personal safety within comedy, because we know, I feel like that's really been a topic within the Northwest lately and, you know, yeah. comedy in general, you know, would you have any yeah. advice for that? Yeah, I, I, I think um, really developing your friendships, um, keeping, keeping your friends really close, relying on that safety net, um, talk about what's happening. Don't keep secrets and um, don't be afraid of saying things out loud. Use your, use your network of folks. There are, this is specifically for women, but not to exclude the men. There are a lot of comic, uh, let's see, they're not, it's not a women's group. It's a non-cis, it, it's for non-male, uh, sorry, I'm saying it all wrong. It's for women identifying and women uh, group, non-men group. And I totally mung that up, sorry. Um, 
but I think it's a really important um, to develop that safety net and to have your friends and just be really careful, be cautious, you know, and, and we've all been in situations as a grown up, you will walk and you're like, no, I'm fine. And like, no, you're not fine. But so keeping, trying to stay, you don't necessarily have to say sober, but and it's not your fault if you don't say stay sober. You should always be able to be safe around people that you know and trust. But it's still really important to um, uh, do your best to keep yourself safe because, regardless, you have the burden if something does go awry. Again, not your fault, but I don't know. It's a tough one. Really yeah, tough. I totally get what you're saying. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not your fault if you overdrink, but it's definitely easier to stay self, stay safer yeah. if you're able to kind of stay vigilant and mindful of your space. And it's always really hard as a woman walking out to your car. Um, I'm always frightened to go out to my car because um, I'm always a scaredy cat. It's dark, it's cold, you have, it's raining, you have your head down, you're not paying attention. Um, super, you just, even just, getting, we're never, we don't leave our, um, the, the venues at 1230 in the afternoon no. <laughs> and people have been drinking. Sometimes you're downtown in downtown locations. So. Absolutely. Uh, how can people keep up with you? Um, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to do a snap and, and, um, TikToks, but I, I haven't gotten it. I don't, I haven't gotten there yet quite. I'm still kind of Facebook. Facebook is the place. Um, I, how do other people do it? I, I, you're, you've been doing these interviews. Have you noticed that a lot of people are using the TikTok or you're not the, that TikTok are using TikTok or? You're the first person to mention TikTok actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, it's because I never have a daughter. So <laughs> right. I got into it for like a month or so, but yeah, mm -hmm. I just... Yeah, I can't, I don't understand. I still don't understand or Twitter though. Like, mm -hmm. I can't grasp how to utilize that. They're all so different. And I just can't go back to Facebook because it's familiar and I have this group and the age group is right. And it seems like that's where people book their shows. So it's where I go back to. How do you book people? Do you book them through messages via Facebook? See. That's why I go, that's yeah. why I'm at. That's, I, I've actually found that really convenient and nice because I can, you know, talk to new comics, but not have to give away my phone number. Isn't that great? Safety. See, that's another safety one. Don't give out your phone number. Create oh, yeah. a Google number. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got a, I've got a Google voice number uh, for the production company. Yeah. Perfect. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so any other advice no um i mean i think i've given you my best my best pieces um you know right every day stay safe um keep your friends close those are my those are the things i go to those are perfect okay awesome well thank you so much tiffany thanks for having me i'll see you later take care Welcome to another episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am, of course, Katie Ipok, your comedy mom, and you probably know that by now. 
<laughs> we are on week seven of the New Year's New Joke series here on the podcast. And it sounds like I'm winded. <laughs> I did just get back from going on a little hike. Uh, definitely trying to get a lot of to-do things done today. Um, trying to get my shit together. <laughs> so our interview this week is with the amazing and talented Tiffany Grayson. Uh, I had the privilege of bringing her to Bend a couple years ago, and people still talk about how phenomenal she is. And I am excited for the world to open back up so we can bring her back. Um, I just, I can't wait. Like, all the comics that I interviewed for the New Year's New Joke podcast, like, I'm really hoping that they're, we're going to be able to bring them back to Bend and we're going to be able to enjoy laughter again on that level. Um so as I was thinking about the interview that I did with Tiffany Grayson, of course, this was for the week-long writing intensive that we did in January, uh, we ended up really talking a lot about personal safety and interpersonal kind of dynamics. And I kind of feel like ranting about this a little. And the, I do want to say that while Tiffany and I are kind of talking about this topic from a very cis, white, het, femme perspective... Like, this conversation is important for everyone. And here's here's the thing. If you're feeling uncomfortable at a show, if you're feeling like you're in danger, maybe you're nervous walking to your car, maybe an audience member or fellow comic is making you uncomfortable, like, you need to tell your showrunner, right? And if that showrunner, whether it be a booker, whether it be the producer, whether it be the owner of the bar, like, whoever is running that show, like, if they don't seem to care that you are feeling like you're in danger, never work with that showrunner again. I've ran into this situation where I have told a showrunner, hey, this makes me uncomfortable, this makes me feel unsafe, and I was still placed in what was an unsafe situation for me. Don't ever work with them again. Just don't do it. If that showrunner isn't offering to walk you to car, if they're not protecting your personal safety, seriously, just fuck them, right? And more importantly... If there is a showrunner themselves that is making you uncomfortable, if there is a showrunner that is making you feel like you're in danger, don't ever work with them again. You do not have to work with them. I think one of the big things that are change- that's changing in our industry and that people are starting to realize is that showrunners and bookers and producers, we don't have the power anymore. It used to be comics would jump through whatever hoops needed to be jumped through to please a booker to get on a show and that's a that's not how it should be and b that's not how it is anymore and the more people that stand up to showrunners to bookers to producers that are doing unsafe things that are being predatory if they don't have comics to work with they're not gonna be able to book shows and that's gonna make room for producers for bookers for showrunners that can run safe rooms right but don't don't take on that pressure. Don't feel like you have to let somebody put you in danger in order to have opportunity, even if it's a super small town. And I, right now, as far as I know, I am the only person even contemplating producing comedy where I am. And if I'm making somebody feel unsafe, go do, um, like, start your own shows. That is the other thing. Don't ever think... That a decision maker is your is gatekeeping you from your art. Okay? If there is no other decision maker, then become a decision maker and start your own shows. Right? Um, 
there's a lot of things I could say about running shows, but <laughs> wow, this has been a rant, hasn't it? <laughs> Long story short, especially, you know, when we're th thinking about this interview that I did with Tiffany, keep your safety in mind and it's okay to focus on your safety and do the things you do to be safe. That's all right, right? Don't let anyone make you feel guilty about that. So back to Tiffany Grayson. She is a writer for Savage Henry and Exotic Magazine. She's a stand-up comedian out of Portland, Oregon. Um, and she's fucking hilarious. And advice across the board in this interview was amazing. You know, so ladies, gentlemen, and of course, friends beyond the binary, uh, Tiffany Grayson. Of course, again, huge thank you to Tiffany for sitting down with me. Uh, in the New Year's New Jokes writing seminar and of course, you know, letting us share this this interview with everybody here on the podcast. And of course, while I'm thanking people, I also want to thank Beers and Business Cards and Craft Kitchen and Brewery for their support of the writing seminar in January. You know, Tiffany talked about writing every day. And I know that that's a slog, okay? Because it's a slog for me too. And there are some days that I just don't want to get behind the keyboard and do it. But guys, we have to do it. And so in honor of writing every day, uh, my writing challenge is actually not really about writing new jokes every day. I want to talk to you guys a little more about refining and an exercise you can do to help you refine a piece. And I want to talk about punching something up with metaphors. And I'll give you an example. So I'm working on a piece that I'm not really ready to kind of talk about yet because I'm still kind of working it out. Um, but in this piece, I talk about making a lot of assumptions and last night, I found room to punch up with a metaphor that was like, I was throwing a punch, I was throwing assumptions around like, fill the blank. Of course, I filled that blank with uh, like a porn star throwing around jizz. Because um, <laughs> I'm still working on writing cleaner. Mom is still working on it too. And but the point is that there was that room. I was throwing assumptions around like blank. And if you can figure out a way how to make a comparison, a metaphoric comparison like that land, it gives you another laugh break in that joke. It gives you a chance to punch it up. So I want you to find something you've written and I want you to look for those metaphor opportunities, right? Metaphoric comparisons like this are a great way to punch up your material and it's always worth looking at something to see if you have a chance to do something like that. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to find some material, look at it through a refining lens, and see if you can find some places for some metaphor comparison, or even see if you've already written some and see if it hits as hard as you want it to, or maybe, you know, find a different comparison. So that is your exercise for this week. Uh, yeah. Guys, uh, I have... I think I have about three more interviews left from the writing intensive to share. And then it will be back to Comedy Mom podcast advice in general. And I'm still looking to do interviews. So if you are at all interested, at all interested in being interviewed on this podcast, please reach out to me and I will gladly set that up. Uh, if you have just started doing comedy this week, maybe you're thinking of starting comedy. Maybe you've been doing comedy for a while. If you are in the scene and listening to this right now, know that I am about to reach out to every single one of you <laughs> to do an episode. Just just know that's coming. But, you know, you can always reach out to me first. Don't make me do all the work. <laughs> um, and guys, as always, you know, take your vitamins. Take care of yourself. Don't be a dick on stage, whether that stage is Zoom or in person. 
Uh, my name is Katie Airpock. I'm your comedy mom, and I am looking forward to talking to you next week. Mm-hmm.